Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, family, to another episode of the Relational Intelligence Podcast, also known as Trip. I am your host, Minyote, and we're back with another episode that we're going to get straight to the point on this one. I wanted to do an episode on the concept of living in lack because, I mean, I, I know I've gone through seasons of my life where I felt like I was living in lack. I've seen everyone that I have had any degree of emotionally intimate conversation with harp about periods and seasons and phases of their life where they believe that they were living in lack. And what I wanted to do today was kind of define that and then speak to three, uh, three causes or three reasons why we might be walking and moving and living in lack. So to just kind of like make sure we're all on the same page, when I say living in lack, I mean living in a perpetual state of discontent, in a state of dissatisfaction, in a state of not having the things, the status, the people, the, the whatever you can think of that you desire for your life, in your life, all of that, okay? So it's just living beneath where we hope and want and dream of living, okay? So... I'm going to highlight three particular reasons that came to me in my quiet time and my prayer time about, um, I'm sorry, three particular reasons why we may be living in lack. Okay. So reason number one I have for us is having an issue of perspective. So sometimes we're not even truly living a life of lack, but we're walking our life as if we're in lack. Okay. There's this verse in the Bible that I always appreciated about, um, what it is that you see. Um, it's, in, it's in Matthew chapter seven and it's verse three. It says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? So sometimes we can see what other people have very, very clearly. And we kind of have this skewed or false perspective of what we have going on. Now that verse is really talking about like, don't be criticizing somebody else when you have issues even bigger than that, or when you have the same issue, like how, how can you see what's wrong with them, but you can't see what's wrong with you. But in that same regard, I think it speaks very specifically to perspective. We can, we can turn that the other way. We can say, we can see all the good things in somebody's life. We can see all that they have. We can see the great relationship. We can see the finances. We can see the business flourishing. We can see all those things, but we can't see the things happening in our own life. Okay. And, um, this issue of perspective can be seen daily. So that glass half full versus glass half empty mentality, which one are you? Realistically, are you somebody that sees everything as an opportunity? Are you somebody that sees everything as an obstacle? When we talk about our responsibilities and the things that we have going on, do we say, I have to go blah, blah, blah? Or do we say, I get to go blah, blah, blah? Is it I have to go to work or I get to go to work? Is it I have to go to this function or is it I get to go to this function? Is it I have to spend time with so-and-so or is it I get to spend time with so-and-so? How are we looking at the things in our life? How are we speaking about the things in our life? We have this tendency to hyper-focus on what's missing in our lives and completely overlook the blessings that we're walking in. When I look at my life, when I look at some of my friends' lives, when I look at some of my family members, some of my loved ones' lives, I can actively see them and myself walking in things that we once were praying for, crying for, begging for. 
And now we're right back to that same state of discontent that we were in when we were begging and pleading and crying for those things. And that's simply because our perspective has changed. Our perspective on those things that we have gotten no longer sees them as a prize to get. We've gotten accustomed to them. We've stopped looking at them through the lens of appreciation, but we need that lens of appreciation because sometimes we're living, honestly, all the time, we're living a very, very blessed life. And some, and that's hard to say because some of our circumstances, some of our pictures, some of our, our day-to-day lives don't look glamorous. Some of them look straight up awful, but there are things that we still have. I know when it comes to exercise, oftentimes people say it's all mental. It's all mental. It's all mental. People say things in other realms like mind over matter. And the point of that is when you're when you're exercising, as an example, if you're hyper focused on how much it hurts to complete the exercise, how much pain is coming out of pushing your muscles to do the thing that they're doing, you're going to feel it even more. And this is how I know it's mental. I know it's mental because when I'm running and I'm about to be at the final home stretch, for whatever reason, it feels so much longer and so much more exhausting. So that shows the extent to which our mentality can really impact how we view our current circumstances, how we view our lives at large. You don't want to be that person who's walking in blessings, but can't see them because you're so busy focusing on what's missing. So again, I ask you, are you somebody that truly sees the world with a glass half full mentality or a glass half empty mentality? Is there always something missing or is there always something to be gained? And you know, it doesn't help that we have this tendency to compare. And we do this comparison on things that we're not even all that certain of. We'll look at somebody's social media, assume they have everything we've always wanted, and then we compare. And then we grow envious and then jealousy builds up. And then we recognize that we resent our own lives because we don't have what we want and they have it. And that's not fair. Then we start to think to ourselves, how come they have it and I don't? What's wrong with me? How come that's missing from my life? And again, it's perspective. So remember, social media, um, television, even what people face to face say to you, it is what an individual chooses to present to you. It's not the whole story. So we tend to be significantly harder on our own lives because we happen to be privy to all the details. We know every downfall. We know every shortcoming. We know every unanswered prayer. But we also have access to every talent, every gift, every answered prayer, every positive thing that has also come into our lives. But oftentimes when we hear other people, when we see other people online, They are painting the picture for us. They are creating the narrative for us. And typically, people don't share things that they're ashamed of or unhappy with in their narrative to strangers, to the world. And sometimes they do, right? And that's okay. But oftentimes, we're going to get a cleaned up version of someone's story. (laughs) We can't compare 100% of our story to 20% of somebody else's. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know the bad. We don't know the mental battles in somebody else's life. So I want you to stop and ask yourself, am I truly living in lack? Am I choosing to live my life from the perspective that I am living in lack? All right. So that's number one. Reason number two is 
you can't be trusted with more yet. Again, I'm going to go back to the Bible because y'all know I've mentioned it before in previous episodes. Also, if you're new here, welcome. I am a Christian girl that loves the Lord. So a lot of times I will pull in scripture to anchor what I'm saying. Whether you agree with what I believe in or not is not necessarily the point. The point is you can find fruit in whatever somebody else shares as long as you choose to take on the perspective of a student. Okay. And we like to be students out here. Me too. So when I read the Bible, I pull what I can from it. Okay. I pull what speaks to me as best as I can. There's, there's so much nourishment in the word of God. And yeah, you're going to hear me using that to anchor a lot of the things that I share on this podcast. So again, number two, you can't be trusted with more yet. That's another reason we might be living in lack. And there's this verse in the Bible in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. This is the um, NLT version. And it says, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. Okay. So what's that saying? I feel like it was said pretty plainly. If you can't be trusted with little, you can't be trusted with much. Okay. So let me speak to a promotion at a job. If you are somebody that does the bare minimum on the job, shows up late on the job, and there's someone next to you that does above and beyond at the job, shows up on time at the job, gives ideas at the job, does all of these things that you're doing the bare minimum for at the job, if someone was to get promoted, it ain't you. (laughs) And if it is you, I mean, you must got to end with the person in charge because you're not, you can barely be trusted with the little. People are to get promoted. You know what? Let's look at it from this perspective. Let's say it's your business. This is your business. And you have people, you you want to promote somebody to CFO. Okay. You want to promote somebody to be your chief financial officer. Make sure your money's good. Do you pick the staff member that's on their P's and Q's with the finances? Or do you pick the one that has a mistake every other project? Like who, who are you going to promote? You know what I mean? Or you can find an outside person who is proving through their work, through their interview, and maybe through a performance test that they are able to handle what you need them to handle. Somebody has to be trusted with little before they can be trusted with much. We always have to start off, unless you're blessed and highly favored. A lot of us start off entry level, and then we work our way up the totem pole and sometimes end up in leadership. But it's because we've been able to get past each and every other stage because we were trusted with something smaller at first and then it gets such a larger responsibility over time okay we can also speak to we can also speak to to college if you're in school when you're in college you start off with general pretty entry level lower level classes hundred level classes those are supposed to be quote unquote easier they're supposed to be a little less detailed and sometimes you know like you can't get to the next course right If you haven't mastered the material, that's a prerequisite. So again, you got to be trusted to to master that. And then you can move on to the next part. And then you master that. And then you can move on to the next part. Okay. So there are stages to things. You have to prove yourself in certain areas in order to make it to the next one. We can even speak to deeper intimacy and relationships. If you are even struggling to actively listen when someone's telling you something, if you're struggling to keep your phone down when someone's talking to you, there's a good chance that you are not going to develop a deeper level of intimacy in that relationship. Because that's a preliminary thing you need to do. 
You need to actively listen. You should make eye contact. You should give cues of validation, like nodding your head or saying, yeah, I get that. Give them some verbal feedback, something, right? That is you investing in the relationship enough to open the door to say, we can go a little bit deeper, okay? But if you're somebody that's constantly on their phone when someone's trying to talk to you, that never shows up when somebody needs you, that has the tendency to throw things in a person's face when they share something with you, then you likely can't be trusted with much. So you can stay with the little. People try to give you a little bit more and they see that you mishandle it. So then they'd revert back and give you little. That's smart. That makes sense. So one of the reasons some of us are living in a state of lack, living in this space of lack It's because we're not even showing ourselves as trustworthy to receive and steward the things that we're hoping and we're praying for. There are people in this world that actively state that they have no discipline, but want to open up a business. They want to be in charge of an entire business, but proclaim they have no discipline. How does that work? How can you be responsible enough to manage a multifaceted business with several moving pieces if you're not disciplined, if you're not organized, if you don't exude leadership? How do you do that if you don't have initiative? We can't. So sometimes the things we have to work on things within our character so that we can be prepared for what's next. So if you find yourself constantly seeking and striving after more, but for whatever reason, doors keep closing in front of you, for whatever reason, things just don't seem to stick and work out for you, sometimes there might be something on the inside of us that needs some work. We might be wondering, how come I'm not getting the relationship? But maybe we're not doing the things that put us out there to be found. Maybe we're not doing the things that put us out there enough to show who we really are. Maybe our insecurities are too loud and we're not willing to show people, hey, this is me and I'm not going to try to be anybody else. And then because if we go out there, if we go out there in the relational realm and we start acting like we're somebody that we're not, we're going to attract people that are attracted to our fake persona and not the true version of ourselves. So, again, are we are we really ready for more? Can we handle more? And I know a lot of times our instinctive responses say, yeah, absolutely. I've been praying. I've been waiting. I've been doing all the work. And yes, I don't want to discount anybody's work. But this also ties into perspective. Sometimes when we sit here and we just think about how frustrated and annoying it is to keep trying and trying and trying, but things not work out rather than losing hope. We can focus our attention on where we can grow. And again, that could be areas within your character. It could be financial management. Like, do we know how to manage our finances? How are you going to sustain a household if you can't even manage your own finances? Imagine joining with somebody else. And now there's two finances, two whole financial situations that have to be managed. We got to understand that from from the moment that we were children. We were learning how to be trusted with little and then we'd be given more and more and more responsibility. So if if a child has proven that they are not to be trusted, the parents will likely not give them a key to a car. 
you know, over time, we're showing people what we can handle. Over time, we're showing people what we are grown enough and mature enough to be responsible for. Over time, we are showing people the extent to which they can trust us with finances, with responsibilities, with emotions and intimacy, and even be challenged with more opportunities to grow. Okay, so think of it from that perspective. Sometimes we're living in quote unquote lack because we can't be trusted with more yet. And the reason I keep saying yet is because when there are things, this is this is a belief of mine. When there are things on our heart, things that we're hoping for, things that we're believing for, and things that we have this deep, undeniable desire for, it's meant for us. And sometimes we're stuck in a waiting season that feels like a season of lack because we're not ready for it yet. Okay. And then we got number three. Number three is, um, honestly, you're not working for more. So sometimes we're living in lack because we're actually not working for more. Sometimes we're just lazy. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we're just complacent. And I see complacency and contentment as two different things. When we're content, we're truly happy. We are truly satisfied. When we are complacent, we are trying to convince ourselves that we're happy with what we've done. We're trying to convince ourselves that where we're at is actually fine. It might not be great, but we're going to act like it's great, okay? And we don't want to live that life. We, we, we should want more. We should want better for ourselves. All right, so in the Bible, there's, there's a parable um, about three servants that were entrusted with uh, different portions of, well, in one version of the Bible, um, in some versions of the Bible, they're called talents. In other versions of the Bible, it's called gold. So see it as like currency. See it as um, money. We can call it dollars, right? And parables are just uh, stories that were used, like short stories that were used to kind of personify or illustrate uh, a standard or a moral or a lesson or wisdom, all that type of stuff. So there's this parable about three servants that were entrusted with different um, amounts of, let's say, money. Okay. And one servant was given, quote unquote, uh, five talents or five bags of gold, or let's just say $500. And then another servant was entrusted with $200 and another one was entrusted with $100. And each of them were entrusted with a certain amount based on their capacity and what they were able to manage. What that king or person believed that those servants were able to manage based on what they have shown him, which kind of speaks to number two, right? Number two, we were talking about, maybe we're not ready for it yet. So in this parable, what we're seeing is that this first servant could be entrusted with $500. That's what he, that servant has shown that they can be responsible for. Servant two, 200 and servant three, 100. Okay. So long story short, in this parable, servant one with the $500 was able to double while the, while the king or the person entrusting them with these talents was gone, he doubled the amount that he was given. And then servant two also doubled the amount that he was given. And then servant one was too scared to, to do any investments or do any work to try to get the money increased. So they were so scared to lose the money that they hid it so that the same amount would still be available to the, the person in charge by the time they came back. So servant one and servant two did work. And because they did work, they were rewarded. 
Okay. While meanwhile, servant three was scolded and servant um, three's uh, finances, those resources that were given to servant three were taken and then given to servant one because servant one proved that they could be trusted and did the work necessary to show that they could be given more responsibility. Okay. So I bring up this first because you can't get the promotion without doing the work. You can't sustain the relationship without doing the work. You can't earn the degree. You can't build the business. You can't create the strong community. If you're not doing your part, we cannot sit here and complain about us living in lack, complain about us not having abundance and overflow and all these wonderful things when we're not even willing to get off of our butts and do something. Half of us want our life to change without us doing anything. We want the weight to just fall off without us doing any work. We want the money to just come in without us applying to jobs, without us improving our skill sets, without us taking risks. We want us to just just stumble and land into a relationship when we won't even leave the house. We won't even put a smile on our face. We won't even go have a conversation with somebody that we find attractive. So we want all these things to come up. But we don't want to have to do anything for it. And I'm, I'm just not sure where that works and how that works. I understand there's some people out there, the little trust fund babies, that just everything just like set, everything set apart for them. Like you just got all these things figured out for you. There's somebody taking care of you. Most of us don't got that, okay? The people, 99.9% .9 of the people listening to this podcast, I'd like to believe don't have that. And I wanted to say 100%, but I try not to do absolutes. So all I'm saying is, we have to take a real look at ourselves and say, are we doing the work for the things that we say that we want? Are we emptily saying that we want these things? Because if you really want something, oh, you're going to do the work. Eventually, you get sick and tired of your knees hurting from being overweight. Eventually, you get sick and tired of being single when you long for marriage, when you long for a committed relationship. Eventually, you get sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. And you decide, you know what, it's time for me to really start applying again. It's time for me to really start improving my skill set. But what's it going to take for you to do the work? What's it going to take? Why do we have to hit rock bottom before we do something about it? Why do we have to lose every person we love for us to start taking accountability? Like, why, why do we have to get there? Why do we have to allow things to go so far where they're irreconcilable like why why do we do that and we know why we know that we err on the side of what's comfortable we err on the side of what's convenient we err on the path of least resistance because it's easier we like what's easier we like convenience we like not having to stretch ourselves we like when things feel simple and easy and comfortable because in the moment it feels okay but in the long run it's no good the work that we put in now tends to pay off later. Okay? We can't keep functioning like these immediate gratification people. We can't keep being this microwave generation if we want abundance in our lives. If we want generational wealth. If we want a marriage and a community that inspires the world. We, we can't be complacent. We have to do the work.
So those are the three reasons I really wanted to list out today. Number one, an issue of perspective is a reason why we are living in a season of lack. Number two, you can't be trusted with more yet. That's another reason why we may be living in lack. And number three, you're just not working for more. And that is another reason we might be living in lack. People can learn to beautify lack, and that's a problem. We can be content in our circumstances, even if they're not what we desire for them to be. But in our contentment, we should always be working for more. And again, if we choose to be complacent, we're not going to see a reason to be working for more. Okay, so here's my thing. I want to leave you with this. We have some degree of authority in our lives. Some things are within our control and some things are not. We get to choose what we'll harp on. So take a real look at yourself. Take a real look in the mirror. Take a real look at your circumstances. See what's in your control. See what's not. And stop harping on the things that are not within your control as best as you can. And all that means is refocus your attention, your energy, and even your word choice on what you have power over, on what you have authority over. Also, cut out some of the negative narratives that you've got going on. Remember earlier we talked about, are you more glass half full or more glass half empty? Are you someone that says, I have to, or are you someone that says, I get to do the things? The more we change what we say, the more we're actually actively changing our perspectives. And I want us all to be able to change these perspectives because they make our relationships with ourselves and our lives so much better. And when that internal relationship, when that internal bond with who you are and the life that you live is strong, when it's healthy, every outer relationship, no matter if it's family, friends, romantic, platonic, with God, it doesn't matter. All of those relationships improve. They become magnetic when our internal relationship is on solid ground, okay? Again, I'm so grateful for you all to be here. Thank you so much. I will see you all next week. Love you. Bye.